Let's start with the uh, Premier, uh, Doug Ford, because there's some interesting talk about the $30 million he's spending over this uh, battle on carbon pricing. Uh, The Toronto Star with a headline uh, today, Michael, saying this $30 million carbon tax fight is money down the drain, and the only thing it does is keep uh, Doug Ford's uh, brand afloat. Well, it's um, look, he can do nothing right at the moment, and we've seen this with with Trudeau. At one point, Trudeau could do no wrong. Now it's for uh, back to when Doug Ford was elected, and uh, I mean the man w- was magical. He was the, the the great fighter of the elites in the gravy train. But now, I mean, he, he's actually an absolutely brand. He's fighting this on two fronts. He's trying to insist that gas stations have this sticker saying this is what it's going to cost you, and so on. And, and they're going to be fined ten thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, if they don't do it. That's backfired. People have said, "Why are you interfering?" And the other part is litigation. He's fighting, as Saskatchewan did and other provinces, he's fighting against the federal government, and he keeps losing. And I don't know why they don't learn the lesson. Um, in pretty much every case, the courts say, no, the federal government have a right to do this. So he's trying to fight. But the thing about climate change, especially with younger people, say younger voters to be specific, people do care about this issue. Now, I don't think they've formed a response to it. I don't think I have. How do we actually deal with it? They do think that it's an open wound and they, and they have to take action. And Ford is fighting a battle that only appeals, I would say, to a very small group within society. He needs to let this go, but how does he do it without losing faith? Well, uh, listen, uh, is this counter to his message of being fiscally uh, responsible, spending uh, tens of millions of dollars to fight uh, the carbon tax, carbon pricing, or, or do you think that this uh, really helps him this fight? Even if he's losing or loses this fight, at least uh, this appeals to his base that uh, he fought the good fight, as it were. Oh, that's a good question. It might, yes, it appeals to his base, but a base is never enough. A, a base is probably about 20 to 25 percent of people, and all the, the Liberals and the Tories both have it. It's going beyond that, and I think for most people, including a great many people who voted for him, they're saying, why are you doing this? This is not about fiscal responsibility. This has been very intrusive. We're not fools, we're not idiots. When we go to the gas station, we know why we might be paying a little bit more. They're treating us like children. And when it comes to, uh, to fighting issues in court, and, but, you know, if he'd won in court, if he'd taken it to court and the courts had said the province have a right to fight back and you're, uh, and you're correct, that's one thing. But he, he's losing. And I think he was very badly advised by his former attorney general. And the legal staff around him seem to be more political than, than legally informed. So, no, on, on every front now, it, it doesn't look good. But I'll say again. It's a question of perception, and in the past, he may have got away with it. At this point now, I would think his people are wondering, how do we drop this without looking completely cowardly and foolish? All right, let's move from the $30 million to fight the carbon tax on the provincial front to the federal front, and Prime Minister Trudeau announcing an investment of some $1.3 billion in the much-awaited extension of the so-called Blue Line in Montreal. Now, the Prime Minister making this announcement earlier today, and a lot of people are also pointing an accusing figure, a finger at him as well, Michael, uh, saying that the, this is money that's uh, basically uh, paying for some votes uh, in a few months uh, in his home province. Well, I have to say, um, as I'm sure you know, this has been planned for a long time, uh, and this Montreal route goes back long before Trudeau was Prime Minister. 
so I wouldn't really say he's guilty of that. The other aspect is, if there's one place where Trudeau is not particularly worried about being re-elected, it's in Montreal. <laughs> you know, the, the, Quebec is the safest province for him, probably. No, certainly. And um, so I, I, if he really wanted a, a try and court vote, he'd be investing money into the 905 area of Ontario, perhaps even in, in Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Alberta, I forget about it at this stage. But, yeah, it's, it, it, it does look as though it's about the election. But, uh, as I say, this has been several years in the planning. These things do take a long time. Now, having said that, he's going to milk it at every level. You know, the, the mayor and various ministers will be there, and, and he'll be just in Trudeau the Savior and all that sort of thing. Um, but it, I, I wouldn't say it's as crass as what Ford has been up to. It's not acutely political. It's something that had to be done. I mean, the last time I was in Montreal, I mean, people were stunned it hadn't been done before now. So he's taking advantage, he's exploiting, but it's entirely understandable in this case. Well, would you be in favor of some sort of uh, law that says, I don't know, six months outside of a federal election that the government, uh, you know, barring some sort of uh, federal emergency, shouldn't be spending uh, billions of uh, dollars like this just, uh, uh, you know, for the sake of the optics? Well, there's something that would be... It's virtually impossible to enforce that because it, emergency relief, something may happen when money has to be spent, uh, long-term plans. Uh, a transportation system can take 10 years in the planning, and if it comes to fruition, we're about to implement it now, and it happens to be within a certain period before the election. So I don't know. Yes, in, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, politicians would tell the truth. In a perfect world, during an election, we'd talk about real issues rather than lie to get votes. But I'm afraid democracy, it's messy and it's a bit stinky, but you know what? Compared to the alternatives, it's not bad. On the phone here with author and broadcaster Michael Korn. I uh, wanted to also ask you, Michael, it's interesting we're comparing Doug Ford's $30 million carbon tax fight and the $1.3 billion being uh, pledged during, uh, you know, just months outside a federal election by the sitting uh, Liberal uh, government, uh, Trudeau and uh, Ford. Uh, also making some news is a close advisor to Prime Minister Trudeau, Dominic LeBlanc. It's uh, been revealed that uh, several uh, people who were close to him have got to judicial appointments. And this is uh, obviously uh, very similar to a storyline we've seen in this province uh, when it comes to a close advisor to uh, Premier Ford. And I know, I'm sure you've seen the ads, many people listening have, that there's ads that are uh, trying to tie Andrew Scheer to uh, Doug Ford. And it's uh, if you're worried about what's going on in the province of Ontario, that's what's going to happen uh, federally if Scheer is elected. But could you maybe just possibly make the argument that Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau are maybe a little more closely aligned when it comes to some of these scandals? Well, I think this one's in New Brunswick, isn't it? Four out of five uh, are connected to this man who is close to Trudeau. No, I think it's appalling. I mean, there is a chance that these were the most qualified candidates. <laughs> Even if they were, optics mean something. And it does seem in a province which is divided along linguistic lines and is relatively small in population and, what, and a group of families tend to control things, I think it looks very bad indeed. Um, I suppose what Ford did uh, was so intimate to people, and it happened so very quickly. Uh, the government was in, in bad shape. They demoted a couple of ministers. They were on the run, on the retreat. And then a chief of staff who initially was outed as being someone who apparently was bullying other uh, politicians, making them cry, for goodness sake. And it's revealed that people who, I mean, kids who played lacrosse with family members, that's how ridiculous it was, were getting major appointments. I think it's worse. Uh, yes, it's certainly worse when it comes to Ford. But politicians have to be completely clean of this. And they, they have to, and, and Trudeau has failed several times now. I mean, going back to SNC Lovelin, 
that wasn't an issue of nepotism, but it was a failure of optics. It was a failure to communicate. And embroiled another close advisor to the prime minister, of course, uh, Gerald Butts at the time. And there's also been uh, rumors, if you will, or talk about uh, bullying tactics uh, there as well uh, with that affair. Uh, I'm wondering if, uh, because Prime Minister Trudeau came to power in 2015, promising a different way of doing things and a different kind of government and being more transparent. Uh, did these sort of uh, you know scandals, if you will, uh, do they hurt him more? Well, they do, and I think I said this last time I was on, that there was a point when Trudeau could do no wrong. And he, he, he was always making mistakes, but he was forgiven. Now he's not forgiven them. And I, I've got to tell you, I was at a, a party not that long ago, and there was a Liberal MP, and I jokingly said, oh, Jerry Butts just came in. And this person's face, it was quite amusing, actually, the response. Yeah, I, I think... What has happened, and this goes back to the days of Mulroney, certainly to Chrétien, backroom staff have an influence over things that they shouldn't have. Elected politicians, we elect politicians to represent us and have influence in Ottawa, and in fact they have very little of it, and it's people who are appointed by prime ministers or premiers who have way too much power. So the idea that Trudeau is okay, he's, he's the exception. No, it's not true. He, he's from the same cloth. Cut from the same cloth, he may be slightly better than other people, but no, he's, he's, he's part of that continuum. With Ford, because he came in on this, this sweep of, I will fight the elites, I will be different. And although they seem very different people, Ford and Trudeau, I think you're right in saying the message was quite similar. We are the exceptions to the rule. Well, what's turned out in the last few months is that, you know what, you're both fairly much business as usual. Yeah, and there may be more similarities between the two than either care to admit, but the one thing we do know is Doug Ford's got a lot more runway right now than Justin Trudeau does with a federal election looming in the coming months. He does. But, you know, the latest polls, the Liberals have gone up again. And uh, stay tuned for Ford, because if his popularity stays as low as it is, I can see the Tory party from within looking at another leader. All right. Michael Korn with us this afternoon. Michael, appreciate the time as always. Thank you, my friend. Always. Thank you very much.